Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Hey, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Welcome. Oh, what a, what a terrifying noise that was yes did i wake you from your slumber oh my goodness i was so hungry that i barely knew i was asleep (laughs) (laughs) woke myself up for want of food um that was a creepy part in this movie it was oh my goodness how are you doing josh um just i'm happy to be here to review all the creepy parts of this movie I'm doing well, you know? Yeah. How are you doing? Um, Really great. I have great news for you. What is it? Okay, so um, listeners, Josh and I are just dipping our toe in the wild times that is LA real estate. You know, (sighs) just seeing what's around. Seeing what's around. But great news, Josh. I found a place that's in our price range. Go on. Okay, it's a little weird mm-hmm. because, well, first of all, let me tell you the great things about it. Okay. Um, it's an A-frame. Oh, killer. I love that. Mountain yeah. style. Yep. And it is set back from the road. Okay. Yeah. We have, we'll have land. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, it's- Room for an ADU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually not really a road that goes by it, but- um, and and the the other weird thing is there's not many windows. Um, Does it have any windows? Does it have a cool like, um, what do you call those kind of? Um, it's a word with faceted windows in the front of the big A frame looking out over our property. We're gonna have to do some work for that for what you want. Okay. Um, right now there's like a little tiny square window, but the kitchen's legit. Really great kitchen. Oh, and there's like. An unfinished basement. It's oh, a, li- for a little man cave. Yeah, a it, rumpus room for old Diddy. Yeah, weirdly the ceilings are really high, and you have to get to that part by like, like a little closet. You kind of go through. Oh, I like that, like a hidden door, a bookshelf, or something. You could call it a door, or maybe just like a little crawl space. <laughs> It doesn't sound like a tall space. <laughs> no, you're going to have to shimmy a bit. Um, but it yeah. It like it's more for children then, well, that space. that'll be good for our kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's 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 put it Yeah, the offer. cellar is a little strange. Um, That's what we need. We need to find an eccentric cellar. We this do. I feel like our this is our in. <laughs> so, um that's that's the great news. We're gonna go look at this house. It's um, cool. The house from Gretel and Hansel. I'm just gonna peek in here through this little Illuminati people. Yes, that people was really cool. Very cool people. Um, I would have that. Yeah, I I couldn't help but think about how dope this house was. Even mm. even so, I built for us a house, one with a proper kitchen and a dining room. 
dining room, Josh. That sells it. Is this must be for sale by owner? Because <laughs> yeah, we haven't. It's not listed on any. Oh. It's not on Trulia. <laughs> it's not on Redfin. It's not just, on Zillow. Zillow. I mean, that description was just sounded night. I mean, just tight. It was like Ernest Hemingway wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, all the, caps. Yeah, it was uh, on the listing uh, by owner. It was just that sound clip. Wow. So it seems yeah. like the perfect one. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm very excited for this episode, Josh. This house is one point eight million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was listed for seven hundred thousand dollars, but it it's gonna sell for one point eight. <laughs> yeah. Great. Cash. Cool. Um awesome. Yeah, really excited for this episode. Really excited to talk about this movie. Which is Gretel and Hansel from 2020, The Lost Year. The Lost Year and a lost movie. I hadn't even seen this one come up on the old radar. Monstro? Monstro had. Monstro was waiting for us to do it. Mm-hmm. The very special thing about this episode was that we decided to have a little chat with um, mm-hmm. some friends. Oh. And some experts. Yes. Uh, we were able to have guests. We have guests on the show, you guys. We have two very special guests. I'm sorry, Aunt Monica. You will still be the first guest of the show. Oh, I'm... you've had a title stripped from you. Not the only guest of the show. You are now joined by the Jesses. Jessica Goslin, Jessica Hall, our dear friends and experts in their fields. And we talk. I talk with them. It was a solo mummy, the mummies interview. That's right. Oops, all mummies episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I sat down and spoke with them about picky eating, which I couldn't help but think about during this movie quite a bit. How our children would never touch anything on that table. <laughs> they yeah, would be fine. That That's actually, um, yeah, that we get into that. It was a great talk. I'm excited. We're going to put that uh, after we talk about the movie a little bit. I'm excited to hear it, and I'm excited for everyone out there to check it out. And if it brings up questions or other topics you want us to do deep dives in, you know where to reach us. Yes, we hopefully will have more things like this to come in the future. But for now, let's talk about, let's let's intro this movie a little bit. Okay. For the people who haven't seen it. I mean, everyone's familiar with the Grimm's fairy tale, I'm sure. Yes. Although, I was trying to... retell it to Woo and Boo they were like a rare moment of like tell us a story and I was like um okay of course I pick a scary one um and then I was like wait what the fuck happens in this story you know like trying to actually tell it from the start Mm -hmm. you kind of like lost a couple beats there yeah I don't really know yeah um they wander into the woods yeah it's like a pretty simple tale of like the witches you know Simple tale of the witch just baking children into cookies, fattening them up. Right. Right. These greedy little shits. And I just remember like Hansel tricks the witch because she's blind, right? In the in the in the oh, story. See, I and she's st- and he sticks a, a, a stick through the, the the bars of his cage, and that's like his finger. And she's like, Oh, you're still too thin. I can't possibly bake you now. Oh, but he's fat but and he's, ready. Yeah, but he's ready, and that's and they eventually escape. They push her into the soup pot mm-hmm. or something, right? Right. Well, this story is a little bit different. They stick to it a little bit, but 
let me just read you a little synopsis. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the Internet Movie Database for a synopsis, but I'm going to just none of them are good. I'm just going to edit real like as as a as I do it. Fly in here, senior editor, Internet Movie Database. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, I should just edit them like every time. Oh my god. Okay. Well, this one originally is from Hey, it's new. H e y i t s n u e l. Hey, it's new. Um. Okay, so siblings Gretel and Hansel live in the countryside with their mother. When times are hard, <clears throat> insert when there's a famine because of the crops failing and right. everyone's starving and there's a plague, right? Like the it's other a plague. Part, there's mm-hmm. a plague and a famine. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, times are hard. Hey, it's Newell. I guess you could say that. Um, and Gretel can't find work. In this movie, she does try to find work, and it's very disturbing. She refuses work. She refuses work. <laughs> um, and it kind of, like, sets the scene for her, like, independent lady. This is a very, like, post-Me Too movie, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, where she's like, no, I'm not going to take this job from this a guy. Creep. A creep. Who's she's asking about my maidenhood. F that. Um their mother sends them out to fend for themselves. Okay, the mother sends them to a nearby convent without any food because there's there's no food. Right. With nothing, they just leave. Their crazy mother who has just um, basically said we're all going to die, so you may as well go. That's right. Um, and just like in the Good Dinosaur, they eat psychedelic, wild growing. Yes, on their food, journey. On their journey. Oh my gosh, that that was great. And I found myself preferring the scene in The Good Dinosaur. Um, Yeah. That movie is worth watching, at least for that scene. Scene's great. Very weird thing to throw in a kid's movie, but such as Pixar. Yeah. Um, Okay, as they journey through the dark forest without clothes nor supplies, they come upon a house with good smelling food. Okay, they also come upon like other terrifying things. Which is, which is a great part in the movie, and they're like saved by the woodsman. Yes, and, and I don't know if that is supposed to be the convent. Like maybe they successfully arrive, or they just—I no. think they just stumble upon this building. Right? Yeah, and they go inside and they fall asleep, and there's like a vampire or something. Yes, that in was there. So... that's the sound we heard at the top of the show. Right. Um. So yes, eventually after the that, and they eat the mushrooms, they come upon a house with good smelling food, and decide to temporarily stay there in the care of an old woman. As they recover from fatigue, they uncover odd things which might prevent them from getting out alive. Thank you, hey, it's Newell. Um, that last sentence was so like uh, so glossy that I I didn't even bother. But um, the in this movie, they do stay with this witch. Um, Gretel very quickly kind of like puts it together that like where is this food coming from? Like uh-huh. where are the where are the fruits and vegetables and pigs? Like she's yes. she's creeped. Asks those questions. It's unclear where they're even getting milk from. There's right. She's fresh like milk. right. But in this movie, Gretel has powers as well. She has like a second sight. So um, she the witch kind of like takes her under her wing. And starts teaching her the ways of the of the witchiness, which right. I really liked. Yeah, she doesn't care about the brother. Yeah. She's sort of like, yeah, you can get fattened up. I will eat you. Mm-hmm. 
And if you wander off, I don't give a shit. Right. And eventually she does try to get, um, mm-hmm. get remove him as the obstacle. I really liked that part of the movie, that that section of her learning. Yeah. Still questioning, still being, you know, very cautious. But she, in general, this movie, I think, was written so well. And, um, and the witch was more layered and dynamic than just the regular like witch of Hansel and Gretel that you yes think of yeah yeah not just a cartoon of one I envy you standing at the threshold of your own experience with everything ahead of you Mm. this has a little bit of the energy of someone being like oh I wish I could go to Hawaii for my first time again I'm so (laughs) jealous of you right now you're gonna have the best time but (laughs) it is a nice um moment of realism from this witch and sort of talking about like she loves being a witch yeah I liked this um line in a variety review that I read She's an elderly crafter of various cold pressed juices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. There is a lot of like, oh, you know, I gotta learn about this stuff too. Yeah. A lot of a lot of pressing of, of elixirs and things. There were a lot of cool, cool parts of this movie. I really, really liked the witch. I loved like her black fingers and like the strand of hair she pulls out of her mouth at some sure. point. Um, Orion Pictures just trying to come for A24's money. Mm-hmm. Come for their wallet right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the white room, the unfinished basement, mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, and the witch lessons and everything. But I feel like in general, they 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 left a lot of pastries and sweetmeats on the table mm. here. It was very like... A lot of human flesh on the bone. Yeah. There, yeah. There, there could have... I just feel like it wasn't quite there of uh, like there was just it was uh the plot was a little muddy unlike their clothes during this journey their one outfit yeah not a speck of dirt on and they're just sleeping in the dark when they're out in the woods yeah like there were just certain things like the pentagrams could have done without the um is yeah well the accents were very fluid for some reason. That's true. I mean, as a young nation, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I just feel like they're trying they were towing the line of like having modern language and also and like fairy tale mm. language and then the accents kind of went in and out. It was a little weird, kind of threw me off. Yes. And then just the ending in general was a little strange with um like Hansel goes back to the house where the mother uh isn't there anymore and like we're supposed to think he's fine because he finds an axe. I don't know. I, I think there's something they're setting up here they didn't see through, to your point, which is that they were building a new universe for the Grimm's fairy tales. Mm. And I think that Hansel is supposed to become like the woodsman mm. in Little Red Riding Hood, something like that. Cool. That, that we're supposed to pick that up. And because I was kind of wondering that about the the man they meet. We don't really know much about him at who kills the vampire thing and like with that creature there mm-hmm. and the three they see more than one witch in the woods too or it, maybe it's supposed to be unclear what is you know real and what is not but at some point there's three witches oh well yeah right? yeah because 
Well, that's the whole other thing that I didn't really do it for me was like the beautiful child with the little pink cap, like that whole Mm -hmm. um, story within a story. It, I don't know. Yeah, that sort of failed as a twist. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, like, oh, you're the mom. You're not yeah, the little girl. Because yeah. you you do assume exactly. you're the, that she's the little girl grown up. She's like, no, that was my kid. And I and killed I ate her. And yeah. I'm going to kill all the kids. And I don't know. I wanted more from that part of it with like all the kids coming out at the end. I'm like, oh, I wish they had been, I yeah. w- wish they had been haunting her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does set it up that like, you don't know if Gretel's going to use her powers for good because her like fingers turn black at the end too. And, right. you know, she, has a darkness in her for sure. Yeah. Um, and then um, who is hot witch at the, like when she has her like younger, her younger self tattooed form. Yeah. She, yeah. she transforms into her younger self to like get Hansel to go into that little cage. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, yeah, some of those things, they could have done a little bit more work and stun. <laughs> I think more of the world building I imagine they were trying to do without it being too silly and like kind of origin story. Like if mm-hmm. they really were trying to set up or even just to set up like this is a magical world, mm-hmm. which is exists, which craft exists. And so, yes, there are other monsters and creatures. And mm-hmm. um, like, I love that the mushrooms look like they're from Willy Wonka. Right. You know, they looked like, they looked fake, mm-hmm. and I thought that was cute. Like yeah, I like that. I like that part of it. Cute's the wrong word to use, and I'm being serious. I do. <laughs> I think you know, I thought it was a cool piece of art design for the movie. You know, yeah. art direction for the movie. Um, oh, that's funny. Cute has turned into like a little patronizing insult now. Yeah. Um. Well, in a dark movie like this, to be yeah, like, that was cute. I liked it. Yeah, no, it was adorable. I li- yeah, and and that and I was thinking about that during the movie, like who this movie is for, because mm-hmm. I really liked. I really liked it. Not not to spoil our ratings, but it was beautiful. Every shot was beautiful. Um, it was well written. There were just a few points that I thought were muddy, but like in general, I'm here for it. It wasn't that scary, but I did find myself getting creeped out. Um. Yes. You know, the the in the story, the dad like putting the hot poker in his mouth or about to. Mm-hmm. That's a very scary image. And I was creeped at the vampire stuff. I was creeped. I wanted a little bit more scariness. But if, mm-hmm. if this is for because like Common Sense Media says it's for 14 plus and kids say it's for 12 plus. And I'm thinking of like my nephews who have seen way worse. I'm sure all kids have by that age. If this is like your entry point into horror movies, mm-hmm. um, maybe even for like a ten or eleven year olds, like it's creepy. I liked it. It was it was and it and it was took its time and was like very very well done. Yeah, I think it would. I think it's almost more like legend or something mm-hmm. was for us as kids. We would have been much older. Than, I'm trying to think if there's some other because it's trying to be art house. You know, it's right. trying to have some style and substance that is beyond your typical studio thing, but it is also pretty mild in on gore. Right. Um, and like nudity and stuff like that. Like it's borderline PG 13, if not for certain themes, but it mm-hmm. is also like, it has some pacing to it. It's a little quiet. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Like yeah. The lighting is dark. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, and it's pretty. I don't know that yeah. that's like, that I think as a kid, it'd be something you'd either, as like a teenager, you'd either see it and be like, this is my shit. Like, let me find more of this. Mm-hmm. Or it would be like, 
I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to be. That it wasn't scary, you know, right, like right. that. And but I do think it would be a good gateway for that kind of thing to then be like, yeah, watch the witch and Rosemary's Baby, and like, yeah. you know, there's some stuff that I think would be really like, could, someone could have their mind blown. Right. It's very on brand for Sophia Lillis. Say that mm-hmm. with it and. Uh, is it like I'm not okay with this? Was it's gonna that? be so weird when she comes of age. I know because she is so much like even in that um, coming limited of age for a decade now already. I right? Think. Oh, that limited series, Sharp Objects. Remember that? Yeah, she plays the course, young version of, course, of, course. of Amy Adams. Oh, what a what a gal! Yeah, she's. I mean, great casting in this. Fun, interesting. Would watch another one. Would see. Oh, um, I would. Yeah, the sequel. If if that's what it is, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. unofficial sequel pitch. It would be mm. expand this magical world. Mm-hmm. Here for it, especially yeah. They didn't put it in time and place. It's great. Here for that. Well, all right. So let's rate this movie, Josh, and then we'll get into Whoa. our interview. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, gosh. Um. Okay. <clears throat> How many hairless cats out of 10 hairless cats do you give the movie Gretel and Hansel? When was the hairless cat? She has a hairless cat. The witch has a hairless cat. Sleeps on their bed. Oh, man. Good eye. I've totally missed that. You ever touch one of those things? Yes. They're hot. There was one in a a curiosity store in San Francisco Mm. that... My friend Elena took me to once, and I saw the hairless cat. That was like the the shop cat. Sure, not for sale. Okay, how many hairless cats? Sorry, ten. ten. Okay, I am going to say seven out of ten hairless cats because I really liked it, but it wasn't perfect. But it did really. It was pleasing to watch. It surprised me. I thought it was going to be terrible, mm-hmm. and so just that alone, when you think of. Uh, when you're watching something, it's so funny how like that plays such a part in how your enjoyment of the movie, you know? Yes. Um, and just what kind of mood you're in. Um, so yeah, seven out of ten hairless cats. How about you? Same. It's a very magical number. It feels like the right number to give this film. Oh, totally gosh. long for the ride. Also, just the right running time. Hit me with this under ninety minutes. Oh yeah, especially for this kind of thing. Yeah, and so then even for a kid who's like, this is too slow. It moves right along. It's not slow. It does okay. Yeah. Yep, it's I'm, cool. It's cool, not great, you know? Yeah, cool, not great. Um, okay, I'm going to do something a little uh, unorthodox here for okay. Mummy and Diddy. But seeing, it how, seeing as how this is uh, leading into our wonderful interview, for the kids in Gretel and Hansel, mm. how many... I'm still hungry. Uh, out of five, do you give the kids in this movie? Oh, I give the kids five. Mm. I'm still hungry. Yep. Uh, it, five. it perfectly sums up some of our biggest issues right now, which is Wu's picky eating mm-hmm. and whining. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Hansel does say it at some point in the movie. I forgot to get the timestamp on it. Sorry. Oh, but it's too bad he didn't say bro after it. Otherwise, <laughs> right on the money. Wu has picked this up from school saying bro. Yeah. At the end of everything. Um, I agree. Five out of five. They were so wow. good. I loved Hansel too. Like he's great. He was really good. I think he's been in a bunch of stuff too. But I, who could ever, who could ever really know or look that up? Hansel, so hot right now. I also like um, that they were never really at odds with each other. They had a I, what what felt like a I don't know pretty normal brother and sister relationship where it's like all right we got to get along we have to get yeah. through this stuff. But they did fight. You fight. You get yeah. annoyed and that kind of thing. But ultimately looking out for each other. Um, and you know, I was here for Hansel and that little hatchet mm-hmm. back to kids with blades. We're back here already, but see episode 41. Yep. Yep. Yes. My dad getting mad at me certainly for probably for leaving a hatchet just outside in the yard <laughs> getting rusty. Fair. Oh yeah. Just cause of the rust, not the he inherent danger. No, that was why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and him uh. just leave it in a tree. I was here for that. My guy. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, a little unconventional way for us to try this episode out, but we hope you enjoy it. This is a long form interview. Yes. With the Jesses. Yes. Enjoy. Bon appetit. All right. Are I we think. on? Here we go. Four, three, two, one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello. I am sitting here with my good friends, my lifelong friends almost, it feels like, mm-hmm. who happen to be experts in their fields, Jess and Jess, easy to remember, the Jesses. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. We're sitting here in uh, the podcast room on a weirdly hot Saturday in Los Angeles. And uh, these are the type of friends who come over on the days when I've like decided to rearrange my house and, you know, there's this thing full of dishes and nothing is done. And our children are get it. They get to play in the yard with the with our husbands while we do this important work. So it's really yes. the best kind of Saturday. Yes. Yeah. It's a little warm. But other than that, it's really it's kind of perfect, um, especially since we haven't been able to do this for so long. So. Okay, before we dive right in, let me have you guys introduce yourselves and tell me what you do for for your professions and any other background you'd like to share with our our wonderful MXD heads, as we call them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jess, you want to go first? Jess, I'll leave Which it open. <laughs> <laughs> it's a race to the Jesses. Okay, yeah, you go first. I will go first because I am taller. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And I hope that my experience will be so enlightening today. Um, But who am I? I am an auditory verbal therapist. And what that means is... That means you're probably going to be on the show again for (laughs) ups or something else too. But (laughs) I, I think that, yeah, I think in general, my expertise are around communication and helping parents and children communicate with each other. But specifically, if a parent or a caregiver has a child who is deaf or hard of hearing, and they want that child to use hearing aids or cochlear implants to learn how to use listening and spoken language, they come to me. And I provide parent education and parent coaching 
um, to achieve those goals. So yeah, so I think the perspective I'm bringing today is communication, a little bit of child development, because this is typically an early intervention job. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, so the kids that you work with are pretty young. Indeed. Most of the families I support, their children are birth to five. And uh, so it's really those those first five years that I focus on. And uh, now my child is six. So I don't know what I'm doing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like we're all kind Mm -hmm. of in that boat of like, oh, you're not... We're going to have to shift gears now. But yeah, I have one child. Uh, I'll call him Lou for today. Nice. <laughs> okay, Lou. Great. And Lou is playing with Woo and Boo right now. Mm-hmm. And with? And Moo. Oh, my turn. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Jessica Hall, the other Jess. We call we call you Lil Jess, Lil but yeah, that is. Lil J is yeah. good. <laughs> um, I am a pediatric occupational therapist and I work with a clinic out in Pasadena called Professional Child Development Associates and my specialty is in feeding therapy Um, but occupational therapy as a profession the name can be very misleading Mm. I don't help find people jobs although that could be part of my job too Right. Um, but good because I, I actually do need some help with that. <laughs> <laughs> Unemployed. <side> um, <laughs> oh, people really think that some people who have no idea what OT is. Wow, that's okay. That's would crazy. Have that impression. Interesting. But the O in OT occupation, um, we take the meaning of the word occupation as just everything you do in everyday life. Right. So, in terms of pediatrics, what do kids do? They play. And they learn. Right. So I help kids play and learn. And my clinic, um, PCDA, emphasizes the framework of DIR floor time, which is a parent-child relationship-based approach, more of a developmental approach to um, therapy, and very much parent coaching and making those connections. Relationships are a big piece. So, yeah. Cool. That's what I do. You guys, I'm so excited you're here. (laughs) Okay, so that is exactly why I wanted to talk to you guys today. Um, So for for this episode, we watched a newer movie called Gretel and Hansel, but it's a tale as old as time. (laughs) Um, It's it's a reimagining, but essentially the, the bones are the same. Bones, um, yeah, the bones uh, of my uh, uh, <laughs> the bones of the children. Um, so we watched this movie, and it got me thinking a lot about eating and picky eating and the struggles that we have cur- going on currently in our household. So when the kids show up at the witch's house, there's this feast before them, and it's like these pastries and like a whole pig, a roasted pig, and like just any. like mouth-watering food from olden times and the kids are starving and the little one Hansel just kind of digs right in and Gretel is a little more apprehensive not because of the food but I couldn't help thinking of thinking of like my own kids because I know Boo would he would be so hungry I mean we don't know what our kids would do if they were so hungry like that of course, it's a terrible thing to think about. But if they, let's say they had skipped a meal, which like our kids are lucky enough to not do, um, if they were truly, truly hungry, like I really don't know if Wu would try the food because um, his food neophobia, mm. I've learned this term, <laughs> his fear of new foods 
is pretty pretty strong right now and it um it has you know it's gotten I I don't say I wouldn't say it's gotten worse but it started probably like right around when the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and I I really feel like it is like a control thing for him Mm -hmm. and boundaries setting and like yeah Mm -hmm. also personality defining but um he so yeah I was reading I mentioned in the last episode that I'm reading this book um by Emily Oster the Mm -hmm. family firm and she talks she has a chapter in there about nutrition Mm -hmm. and she says that like that food neophobia usually peaks at four mm-hmm. and Wu was almost six. So I'm like, okay, this is, I, I, I want to know, I want to know some more, mm. some more ways to do this respectfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you guys was how to get kids to try new foods without forcing them with mm-hmm. being respectful because we've done our jobs <laughs> Uh, in some ways, because he will say, it's my body. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. You can't mm-hmm. force me. Mm-hmm. And um, we, and I, I know we wanted, we wanted to get into this a little bit later, but we, we kind of trade off because sometimes Josh will be a little bit more like pushy with it. And mm-hmm. I'll have to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa mm-hmm. just don't pump the brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like don't force them. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I get really like, you know, and you, it's all triggering stuff from your childhood. Yeah, it's uh-huh. so much about our own regulation. Exactly. Yeah. Which is unfortunately what And how so we much were brought up. Yeah. And our own relationship mm-hmm. with food. Right. And how food was treated in our house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which has been fascinating because I have asked people who have known me a long time, mm-hmm. you know, what's weird about me? And <laughs> that's something I hear from people. It's like, your relationship with food is weird. Huh. And I'm like, oh, I really, I should really work on that. Wow, because I need to much... ask people what's weird about me. Uh-huh. That's, that's a great conversation. It was starter. enlightening. Um, I'm afraid to ask that question. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. I have some answers for you. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone does. <laughs> but but that's it right there, right? It's so much about our own history yes. and our right. Yeah, and because you bring that with you, and that kind of vibe with you when you're trying to coach your kid right. into trying a new food Mm -hmm. right and it's um yeah I like think about my childhood a lot with this stuff I think about how so my dad grew up in a really like stressful home and he ended up getting like a you know GI disease from having like stressful dinner um scenarios and Mm -hmm. so it was always very like no like no stress at the dinner table but that doesn't, I don't know, it didn't really work. It wasn't like we talked about things that were heavy. That was always completely off the table. You couldn't talk about like, <laughs> off the table. You couldn't talk <laughs> about like, like. Um, That's not dinner conversation. Right. Um, it was all light. It had to be light. And, um, but, but, it, but as far as eating food goes, like we were expected to eat our food. There was no, mm-hmm. there, there really wasn't a lot of space for emotions in general. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to start billing for this if I get into it too much. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it was just, you know, you were supposed to eat your food and especially the vegetables, which, you know, we, we cook things differently now. Like I, I mean, do you remember the mushy Brussels sprout? Yeah. That, like I love Brussels sprouts now. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's funny to have those memories of sitting at the table long after everyone else is gone, yep. staring at cold broccoli. Mm. Yep. 
And I feel like the fact that I have those memories means it had to have happened more than once. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. We were just, I had to sit there Mm -hmm. and it was dark in the kitchen. The dishes had been done. I remember my dad coming over and being like, it tastes better hot than cold. Mm -hmm. Like you may as well just eat it. I have literally said that. And I received back, I like cold food. (laughs) And and it's so wonderful that he can say those things to you. Like he can can express those. Silver lining in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so like, so partner stuff is tough too. But, Mm -hmm. but like, is is there anything that we can be doing to, because all I've read is basically like, about repetition and like Mm -hmm. consistency Mm -hmm. and just is offering the food enough or do you like what's the thinking on like you have to try a bite Mm -hmm. uh it depends on the kid Mm -hmm. if they can handle that because when you start applying pressure that's when that fight or flight comes out right it's like there is a reason why the child is afraid to try a new food. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't trust it. They're not sure about it. Um, it brings up anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to keep talk around food neutral, descriptive, um, not assuming that they'll like something mm-hmm. because it has a similar taste to something else they've had. Right. Thinking about the texture of the food um, the temperature of the food, how it's presented, um, all of those things can be a factor right. in a kid's split-second judgment if they want it or not. Right, right. So, right, I've heard this too where like you, no matter what it is, you're like, here's your food. Like if it's something you know they'll like or if it's something, you know, without being like, we're having pizza tonight, mm-hmm. you know, like. No, being, no like, food is better than another food and right. everything is presented equally. This. You can still bring joy and that connection mm-hmm. into like having being happy around a favorite food that you know that they'll like. Right. Um, but have- then don't assume that it'll happen every time, that same amount of, exci- mm-hmm. of excitement. Um, because my own children, <laughs> I didn't introduce them. Oh, right. Moo <laughs> is six. Mini Moo is two. <laughs> Moo doesn't like red sauce on his pizza anymore. Oh, he used wow. to be obsessed with pizza. Oh my gosh, interesting. And yeah, Minnie Moo, who is two, she loves pizza. She's into it. Yeah. She's like, give me more. Well, it's funny too, right? Because you're talking about reading that this peaks at four, but we're all talking about like six-year-olds mm-hmm. and right. it's worse than ever. Right. It's like truly Yeah, and it's more now. just like development. They're changing in kind of their autonomy, mm-hmm. knowing what they can or can't do or will let you do. Um, the big three of development, the control issues are feeding, sleeping, toileting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like those, and what those all have in common is like this body autonomy. Right, right. right. So that's where they know they have the the final word. Right. Because you can't make someone go to sleep. You can set everything up. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can't make them. You can't make them go Mm -hmm. to the bathroom. You can set it all up. Right. Set up the um, the routine, but you can't actually like physically make them do it. Right, right. Feeding gets a little bit tricky because you can technically <laughs> force feed a child, but it's like, yeah, 
can we curse here it's fucked up yeah you <laughs> can curse yeah we have, don't do that we have an explicit rating on the on the apple so we're wow. good um wow. you said yeah. two things that i want to mention even if we don't get into it now but sure. before i forget i already forgot one mm-hmm. um one is the idea of presenting every food the same but having some joy around favorite foods mm-hmm. i have had a situation recently where pizza a favorite food yay it's friday we're gonna order pizza tonight well pizza is junk food so i can't eat that mm. or won't eat That's burgers when the from messaging comes out exactly and it's a change mm-hmm. now that he's in school yeah and so i've been thinking a lot about that from my perspective because i work in public schools mm-hmm. i'm thinking about the messaging coming from teachers versus the messaging coming from parents yeah. where in my family we or try from other, kids. from other kids we try very much to right. be like all foods are equal Mm -hmm. and there are no bad foods. We eat everything in moderation kind of thing. Um, You know, trying to figure out how, if it's as simple as, well, everybody thinks about things, every family does it differently or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read, because I've been, yeah, yeah, Boo just asked me, like, candy's not healthy for you. And Boo is four. So it's like, I don't know where this came from. Probably some Valentine's Day (laughs) conversation. But I was like, you know, I feel like I get a certain voice when I start like spouting the mm-hmm. things that I've, <laughs> I've read. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Candy just gives us a little bit of energy and it burns off really quickly. So we have yeah. to, you know, and if you eat too much, you might have a tummy ache, but it's not bad for you. You just have to, you know, we have to eat other things. And they, you know, they seem to like the explanations mm-hmm. of what food does. Yes. And I know it's like developmentally, there's like a couple, um, nutritionists that I follow on Instagram where they'll like break it down mm-hmm. of like here's what you can say to a five-year-old here's what you can say to an 11-year-old yeah. um, yeah. about different foods and so yeah Wu really likes um, bell peppers and I'm like oh you know orange foods help your eyesight mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and, and then I get it's fine because I can already see in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's that's, I don't need any more carrots. That, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So, but yeah, going back to just like the general messaging around food can be really tricky. Um, I have a client who most of his staple foods at school are what you would consider like snacky foods. He doesn't mm-hmm. eat the school lunch um, he barely eats what he brings from home, um, but it's like some like Nilla wafers and crackers and chips or mm-hmm. popcorn. And then he overheard, I think, an aide for another one of his classmates say like, oh, something about junk food, how that's not good for you. So then he proceeded to throw all of his snacks in the trash. Oh, no. He didn't eat anything that day. Oh, my gosh. And then he, when he got home, he pu- he shoved all of his snacks in the freezer And it took us a really long time to get some of those foods back into his diet. Oh, my goodness. So it's like some people don't realize how their words can be so effective and how. Oh, totally. Kids are always listening. Always listening. Right. You know, I feel like this is just a general problem with grandparents. Mm. You know, like totally brought up a different way. Right. Totally so brought us up a different school. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you say things, you hear them say things, you're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. please. And it can be vary from like, all right, I can get I can get over what you just said to like really damaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it 
they they have no idea. I'm not like even blaming them. It's just right. like, oh God, please Do don't say that. Do you know how hard I worked to get out of <laughs> my head when you said that to me as a child? Mm-hmm. Right, you're doing it all over again. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that is a struggle. Luckily, you know, we're not dealing with, um, I'm sure some of the clients you see have like actual thriving issues probably, right. yeah. you know, and that's, um, but you the know. messaging is the same in terms of keeping f- talk around and discussions around food as neutral as you can. And right. the idea of food giving your energy uh-huh. is perfect because um, that's what it does. It's food is fuel. And f- certain foods give different types of energy. Um, and that's actually what I did with that client who lost all of his snacks. Right. We had to reestablish what food is for. Right. And even if a food, someone might consider junk food or snack food, it still gives you something. So we had to reframe that for him. Like we wrote like a book together, Mm -hmm. drew pictures of his foods and like talking about different types of energy that you can get from different types of foods. That's, I don't want you to skip over that because you're talking about experience books which are so powerful. Mm-hmm. For, like if parents need a super easy tip on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like exposure therapy right. in it's, book form. Yeah, yeah. writing it together. Mm-hmm. And this was all through telehealth, by the way. We were drawing together. We were writing things together. I would write something on my whiteboard, and then he would copy it down on his own paper. Yeah. And I think even just that process was helpful for him. We don't necessarily go back to it right? when right. we... Um, during sessions, no, just the creation was summer, it but just doing that together was really helpful for that family and for other families that I've worked with. Um, so if, helping um, reframe that mm-hmm. right idea yeah. around food—that's a good thing to keep in mind. Like we we definitely need to work on the the neutral instead of like and also keeping our own language neutral when we're talking to each other about what we're choosing to eat for dinner mm-hmm. or right oh I shouldn't snack right now and da 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 da, da. like keeping our own body talk mm-hmm. and food oh, talk yeah. positive in front of the kids because they're always listening always right listening. so we almost would have to do in my family more cueing of each other and the language we choose to use just between the two of us right mm-hmm. um, to make sure we're setting good examples yeah so. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about the partners then for a second. So yeah, like just a little, um, it's tough. It's really tough to like get on the same page for us. What happens usually is it's not just eating, but like, you know, since we're talking about food here, it's a great example of like, one of us will go a little too far with being like, try it, come on, try it, you know, and like Mm -hmm. getting, trying to get him to do it. And Wu is, um, his, like, Boo will always try a bite of anything and he'll spit it out very um, Mm -hmm. dramatically if he doesn't (laughs) like it. (laughs) But Wu will, like, if he does allow himself to be forced to eat something, he will sometimes, like, gag or, like, like, throw up. Like, Mm -hmm. he is very... (laughs) Also very dramatic. Very dramatic in a, in like a... Um, in a true way. But that's really up funny. Another yeah. factor to consider is kind of just the sensory piece mm-hmm. of how he's taking in the sensory aspects of that food. Maybe it might be a strong smell, maybe he's sensitive to smells, maybe he's sensitive to textures, maybe he's sensitive to right. how it looks. Yeah. Um, things like that. It can also be really 
impactful on their right we try yeah we try to do like micro portions of Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. new thing we try to always have a safe food i had Mm -hmm. read that as a tip although it is tough because like a lot of his safe foods are like you know crackers and cheese or something Mm -hmm. and we'll always have like the the raw vegetables that he likes like we'll always give that Mm -hmm. but like a lot of times he doesn't want to eat that and he like he doesn't like yogurt he doesn't like you know something that i would normally be like okay you can have some yogurt um Mm -hmm. so that's tough because sometimes he is he does say he's hungry and i'm like i'm (laughs) sending my kid to bed hungry but then he'll like make up for it at different meals you know exactly right that's what you have to trust is Mm -hmm. that they will make up for it at the next meal right lou will eat a snack on the way home from school it's a 40 minute drive and when we get home we'll be so starving for dinner that he's lightheaded and he's not gonna make it and how can I let his baby starve and so I trust sometimes that when I also hear a yell from the bedroom an hour after bedtime I'm hungry yeah I think back about how much did he eat for dinner Mm -hmm. is this really hunger is this prolonging bedtime is this right Right. something else and sometimes all those scenarios sometimes you give in because behaviors communication there's a reason he's doing this Mm -hmm. is it for connection is it truly for food and then i kind of have to deduce what i think and sometimes i throw a gogurt at him and sometimes i say good luck see you in the morning right right and he's he's never starved so far right yeah he's still with us (laughs) he's still with us i know yeah he does that too and i'm like man how can i make dinner earlier but like giving snacks after school is tough because I are mm-hmm. so I asked our pediatrician about all this um shout out Dr. Henry at Glendale Pediatrics because <laughs> I asked him about doing like a protein shake of some kind mm-hmm. and he it was one of those times where like because I don't always think that pediatricians like have a lot of great advice modern advice about um behavior stuff mm-hmm. like I he will oftentimes like recommend sticker charts for stuff and I'm like oh that's interesting you know my sister and I talk about sticker charts a lot and and it really depends on the kid and Mm -hmm. and I get where I get where that comes from with external motivation like sometimes you do need it but like anyway that's just an example but he but this advice was really great because he was like look you could do a multivitamin if you're worried about the actual nutrients Mm -hmm. but right now all you have on your side is his hunger so if you fill him up with a protein shake or something you you lose that edge mm-hmm. and it's the only thing you have right now to mm-hmm. get him to try new foods yeah i was like oh my god my mind is blown yeah. <laughs> like yeah because you feel like you're filling in somewhere where they're lacking right. but what you're actually doing is filling them up and taking that portion away from where he might right. actually be hungry enough to try something different right right which is a tricky thing because it's like if your medical provider does think it's necessary, then do it. Right. But if not, then it's better to set up the routine mm-hmm. right. and the meal times and figuring out the timing of the meals. Mm-hmm. I always talk about routines with my families um, and giving enough time in between meals and snacks right. to get hungry mm-hmm. um, and establishing meal windows. Mm-hmm. This is our this is our lunch time, um, and then if they ask for something in between, so like, oh, you had your chance for lunch. A snack's coming in thirty minutes. Right, right. And when Can you, you have just then? really dramatic children, you have to 
I mean, allow them to be dramatic. Allow them to right. be dramatic and just be like, I'm sorry. Like, you just got to channel your. I mean, what's Carol, you yeah. you have this part of it down. Yes. Oh, yeah. I see that you're frustrated. Right. But I channel can't that. let you yell what's at me right now. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Channel that. Yeah, you're, totally. You nail that. I've seen you nail that conversation a million times. Mm-hmm. And it's Thanks. funny because it's still the same conversation, it's just a different causality. It's, yeah. Right. I mean, the I can't let you is a pervasive, no matter what age, I feel like I I think about those tactics with coworkers, with my it's setting older boundaries. relatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I have said it to people yeah. in my adult life. <laughs> it's like I see I see that you're upset and just validating like, mm-hmm. oh, that must be so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that happened, but I can't let you there do was... whatever you're doing. <laughs> like, this is like not the I same. I can't let you harm me. Right. This is a tangent, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Have you been watching um, Insecure at all? Oh, I no. watched the first season. Okay. So I don't even know what season we're on right now, but there was just this really great moment where she was calling, uh, I think it was her brother for advice and everything she said, he was just mirroring back. And she was like, I mean, I guess it could be because of this. Yeah, it could be because of this. And, you know, I'm just not sure if I should do that. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that yet. You know, and right. just like, right. and at the end, she's like, this has been incredibly unhelpful. And it was just, <laughs> it was a perfect little conversation. I loved it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, yeah, with adults, it's like, yeah. well, you just have to get there on your own. Yeah. Um, but trying to do that, it's tough. It's tough to not like swoop in and just try and solve the kids problems that's something that I really struggle with Mm -hmm. with like getting the kids to figure it out on their own um Mm. but that is man that's a conversation for the the um what is it like persistence and everything Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. resilience perseverance yeah versus like perfectionism that's like a whole thing and Mm -hmm. I yeah but oh right so like with the partner stuff so like what happens usually is we'll be you know, trying to get Wu to try something and then I'll say something like okay like okay like some I know my kids pick up on it it's mm. not a it's it's passive aggressive really a change true in to your definition tone, it's a change, a change in the tone in your body language right it's gestures. like all right you know like pump you know stop and then you know Josh understandably is like wounded because I know what's going on in his mind is like you don't think I'm doing this right I'm not a, a good parent. I don't have the skills that you have or whatever in your mind that you're referencing some podcast that you heard or whatever. Like I didn't read that Instagram post you sent me. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I know. I know. And like, he doesn't do that same thing to me, but he will in his own way do those things. And it's tough because you're like, you're two different people. You have two different styles of parenting. No mm-hmm. matter how on the same page you get, you're always going to have those things. You know mm-hmm. what's happening though? I think it's one of these very typical partner patterns where only one of us can fall apart at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more we have conversations with our partners about that, when we're both calm, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and just kind of maybe coming back to it and readdressing it, it's really uh, more helpful um, to, I don't know, to process it after the fact. It's like... I, when you see your partner falling apart, you jump in because something in you clicks and you're like, okay, it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. I have to help. And so- Put out the fire first. Yes. Right. So, and it's something about regulating yourself mm-hmm. always to <laughs> to find a way to say like, it's my turn to take over. Let me try to come in and help, right? Right. Without allowing 
the part into the conversation that's like, stop it. You're being nuts, you know? Right, <laughs> or like, right. Stop messing up our kid. Right, <laughs> you know? right, like, right. Go calm yourself down. Right. So I think that's the part that's really hard for me is because we all recognize, okay, I, I need to step up and take over now, right? Right, right. Um, But we have to do it in a way that's not demeaning. Right, right. And it's when we're also kind of upset, it's really hard because whoever is being rescued feels like they failed. Right. And whoever is doing the rescuing, it's now your job to to oh, do it in such yeah. a way that you kind of don't embarrass them. Right. You're right? managing, you're trying to manage everybody's emotions, yes. which is like impossible. Yeah. And yeah, it's this whole thing. I think you're right, though. The I went back and listened to the Janet Lansbury episode on like how to get your partner on board with like respectful parenting because I was like, this is the only thing I remember hearing about this. But she basically says two things, which is like, modeling Mm -hmm. so and that and that's like what we're always doing right we're trying to but then yeah like what you said like having the conversation at a calm time of like let's go back to that yeah and let's just talk about that through and like get on the same page and that's a lot about like what emily oster talks about in the family firm is like having like like treating your family as a company almost and being like what's our mission statement what's our (laughs) you know like let's just get on the same page and that way we can make decisions independently and we know like this is important, you know, mm-hmm. of like, okay, we're going to have, like, we're going to say no more trying at um, dinner, if that's what it is. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we just got to stick to that. But stick I think that, plan. I mean, you know, it's tough to have those conversations. You're like, yeah. okay, we're about to watch our, watch some TV tonight. Uh, before we do that, uh-huh. let's talk about <laughs> dinner and let's go back and just uh, have a just quick uh, little <laughs> circle back on. Uh... Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like not easy to do, but no. that is, I think. It's not easy, but it, it's necessary. Is that what you, te- like, what do you tell your clients of, of, like, do you ever deal with parents who just like are not responsive to what you're saying and like one is oh, really yeah. trying? Uh <laughs> It's tough because I'm not an MFT. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Marriage and family therapist. Oh, Mm -hmm. yes. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So it's, but I do, we do have MFTs on our team that I can consult with if something gets really tough between parents. Um, But just speaking from my own experience, I feel like I'm the one who like shoes gym away when I'm in the middle of trying to kind of get a handle on something. Right. And I feel like I do it maybe not in the nicest way. Mm-hmm. Like I go like <gasps> and I'm like <laughs> you can't see me. Podcast listeners. She swatted a fly. She just swatting. like breathed the fire. Her husband. <laughs> Somehow fire came out of her mouth. It was incredible. But it's more like I got this. I got yeah, this. Like, yeah, that we hand. have to go through this this process mm-hmm. yeah. because he tries to come in and help the kid who's crying. I'm like, no, we're, yeah. we're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of it too, right? Is that both partners need to be comfortable with allowing your child to struggle through it yes. because that's mm-hmm. where go- that's about where resiliency, mm-hmm. right? That's where the resiliency comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you can help them regulate themselves, but sometimes they just have to go through it. Yeah. Or else you're gonna you're starting over again the next time, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if he one has of to my starve one night and then <laughs> suddenly he'll stop asking for snacks every night because right. he realized, oh, I survived. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Oh man, it's it's crazy. Just like the cycle breaking mm-hmm. of like all these generations, and I'm curious too, like because you you're um 
your parents are in the household with you. Like, mm-hmm. do your par- mm-hmm. like how do your parents deal with any of this stuff, or do they jump Deep in? Sigh. Oh, is it like a, <laughs> yeah? Is this a problem? Um, it's hard because I'm working from home, mm-hmm. but I am kind of sequestered in my room doing telehealth, and I can hear everything that's going on outside, and I'm just like uh, cringing here and there. Um, because they're not following kind of what I would expect like a day at home would be. Right. Because Minnie Moo is in (laughs) daycare three days a week now. And then she's home with my parents two days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the Tuesdays and Thursdays are harder for me to listen in on from afar. Yeah. Yeah, You'd almost wish you didn't know. Right. Right. And you, yeah, because you don't get to see it at daycare. And lots you, of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of YouTube at schools too. Yes. <laughs> I don't uh, think that's any better. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even like just remembering the schedule for her. I'm like, it's noon. She should probably be eating lunch now. Right. And all right. She yeah. had lunch. She should probably be taking a nap now. Right. And they'll be like, she'll be fine. Exactly. And you're just like, and meltdown like, in three, two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the low blood sugar thing. I oh, know we yeah, were we about. were. Yeah, I wanted uh, to know. Well, this kind of ties in with like the snacks thing because mm-hmm, we. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I feel like even just what we were talking about has helped me a little bit with like, okay, I I just need to hold the line until dinner, and that's just my job, and I have to do that. Yeah. Because the other thing is, he doesn't. He will not eat school lunch, mm-hmm. and the school lunch calendar is always different than what they say it will be. Yeah, that's incredibly frustrating. And for a picky have, child, yeah. I'm like, could you just maybe have just have it be a text or something? I don't know. Like, I I honestly think that you should use the power of being a parent and. Uh, tell the school yeah I think complain yeah. and it will change right because it's like I get that supply issues happen but mm-hmm. like it's Every day? different it's different than like why even put out a calendar of the mm-hmm. food like some schools now just put out a list of possible foods that could be served right at any given time I know LAUSD I was looking at like a specific school lunch menu and they didn't have one like not like a calendar right it was just like these are foods that could be offered. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think I'm <laughs> in a much smaller district. So yeah. I think that's probably part of it. We have, they have more control in a smaller district mm. than they would with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so that's like tough because I want him to eat school lunch because I don't feel like making his yeah. fucking yeah. lunch anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he won't eat it. But and even then he's still, hungry. Lou will be like, I didn't have time. Like even that's if I pack true. lunch. The time for the lunch it's is not like a lie. Yeah. very short. Mm-hmm. So this isn't doing us any favors. No. But. Yeah, and also snacks. It's like snacks. I I struggle with it because like a lot of them are. It's a lot of sugar. Even when I have the time to look and see like what sugars in what, mm-hmm. it's which is never because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all working parents. It just seems to me like I'm always giving them something that's just like a snack. It's not real food. Like you know, mm. he's not a fruit person either. So mm. it's like. I can't just give him like an apple or a banana and he, you know, he wants to have like crackers or right. something. But so. at the same time, like I find, and you can tell me if this is wrong, but <laughs> I find that presenting every meal like a charcuterie, <laughs> like an right. assortment of snacks, um, it's something about his personality will eat way better when it's just little groupings of many yeah. options. Right, right, right. Yeah, some 
some people, some individuals prefer to eat that way. Um, and as long as it's not like grazing throughout the afternoon. That's what I'm, yeah, I try to condense it, right? That's what we're trying condense to Condense to the, the meal windows, mm-hmm. the snack windows. And right. kind of have a firm beginning, middle, and end to a meal or snack. Mm-hmm. And then in between those times, don't offer anything. Right. Um, and and hopefully honestly, they can start establishing that hunger satiety pattern. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking too, just like, for some reason I went back in my mind to like, the experience book but like i'm thinking of someone listening and like how do they do that right how do they set that routine Mm. um i want to underscore the importance of using visuals to help the adults and the children all learn Mm -hmm. what the schedule is Mm -hmm. like a picture schedule literally that's yeah yeah, my sister i have to make one one i think i I think i'm gonna have to make one for my parents oh my gosh great idea such a good idea and then it also helps with it helps with behavior on (laughs) for the olders and the younger <laughs> because the power is in the schedule. So right. it reduces the arguing between people. It's like, oh, it's on the say, schedule. I'm sorry. Schedule says we have right. 10 more minutes for snack and then you'll have another chance to eat in two hours. Right, right. And it's magic. Kids are like, dang, dang that schedule. Right, yeah. <laughs> but also they yeah. need, they love they and love crave it. that structure. Right. If you think your kid will not bend to a routine, they are dying for a routine. Exactly. They are begging for a routine. If right. you think they are too out of control and too dysregulated and too bossy, mm-hmm. it, they are bossy because they lack a routine. They right. want that. They need someone to give they them structure. They want to know structure. what to expect at any yes. given time of the day. Yes. It they helps don't have our anxiety. life experience. They don't know. They have no little. ability to predict. Yeah. We need to make their life as predictable as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, buddies. Little buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel for I feel for Wu because he I he is me. He is so much me. Like mm-hmm. of how I was when I was a kid. I didn't want to eat whatever and I I hated eating not new foods. It wasn't that. I don't remember that part of it, but just mm-hmm. like what I didn't want to eat, I didn't want to eat it. And sometimes I was forced to. I'm sure that has done wonders for me in my <laughs> relationship to food. But like he's squeamish. He doesn't like people touching him. He doesn't like pe- like body stuff. Like mm-hmm. talk about like the Sensory control profile. stuff. Yeah. Like with with always with so- like toileting stuff. It's yeah. just been like such a process. And so I feel for him and I want to like give him the support but also i feel like he's dropping foods okay Mm. so i i'm just curious and Mm -hmm. do you does this like do you react to this so strongly because you you started this conversation by saying how similar you are yeah Mm -hmm. so is it harder for you because you can empathize and it 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 kind of makes you have those same feelings. It's almost like it's you can empathize again. too much, right? Right. Or, um, or is it easier for you because you understand his perspective and you kind of know what strategies to bring? Yeah, I think it changes. I'm, I'm still learning strategies. I think that's why I try so much yeah. with different strategies because I'm like, I want to, I want to like do this right. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, and I know this is a thing with like reparenting yourself, but it's like. Sometimes I get really angry mm-hmm. because I'm like, you have no idea how, like, how 
this same behavior when I was a kid was treated. I'm being so kind to you. Oh, but a grandma will tell you. <laughs> yeah. You would have never gotten away with this in my house. Right. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, they're like, here, like, yeah. you know. Here, please. here, eight month old. Here's your honey and peanut butter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the fire, the fire that. happened again. The fire breathing. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like, so yeah, it's like this weird thing because I'm like, this is... This is tough to see because I see you and I and I'm, it's almost like, why can't you just do it? And you're, you're really talking to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. why couldn't, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. and like, especially with with like squeamish stuff, like shots or even like all the COVID tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would have hated COVID tests as a kid. So mm-hmm. I totally feel for him. But I'm also like, just have to do it. And mm-hmm. I get, right. you know you know, we can get pretty forcey with that's those like, things. But that's so hard, right? Because we, we talk so much about autonomy and communication mm-hmm. and <laughs> the family firm. And yeah. then we're like, you just have to do it. Like, yeah. it's so hard to, to in these moments yeah. to not do that because I said so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes yeah. to safety, yes, that's yes. where you, you can do draw to. that line mm-hmm. and make that hard limit. Right. And that's the difference between that's something that assertive and yes. yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and push over. Um, and <laughs> right. then the way that you are able to communicate around that really hard thing that they have to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like I give, like with that stuff, like we give a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And so that now Wu and Boo, like they know. But then when we do that, like reversal, where we're like, I'm holding your face and I'm pinning your arms. And now I'm mm-hmm. going to totally disrespect you and shove this thing up your nose or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> Like literally just penetrate an orifice. This is the, our nightmare situation. Right. And I understand then that you're like, upset. Yeah. This has to happen. Yeah. And they're screaming and there's like, a, you're in the COVID line. It's like, oh my God. Um, But they'll be like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And you're like, so yeah. Oh my God. Like, uh, like. Flop sweat. We, right, we, right. we would not go to the bathroom in like a, a we were in a uh, national park, mm. and so it was just like the pit toilet. He wouldn't mm-hmm. do it, and now he's screaming, "Don't make me! Don't make me!" It's in a bathroom. I'm like, I just had to leave. We had to switch. Josh, I was like, Josh, you need to take over. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. He has to pee. He won't do it. There's not another bathroom. I don't know. Like, I but I will not be in a bathroom. With Rose screaming, don't make don't me do it. Echoing through the bathroom. <laughs> Poor people waiting outside. I'm oh like, my. I'm not hurting him. Oh God. So it's times like that where you're just like, I I can't. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's so tough. Parenting is so, t- so tough. Um, it really is. But I don't, I don't, uh, like, I think that, like for so okay so for this like bodily autonomy thing would you say like what would you guys think about like trying like getting kids to try at new foods is it just completely on their terms yeah or start talking about it Mm -hmm. start talking about oh what color is that do you think it's gonna be does it look crunchy does it look wet yeah do you think it's gonna crumble if you smush it in your fingers yeah so go for um, kind of just stepping back and taking eating it mm-hmm. off the table oh, and just reconnect it your with senses. interaction, mm-hmm. intera- interacting, interactioning yeah. with it. Interaction. Yeah. In- <laughs> oh man, Josh is gonna love this. I can't. Um, I can just tell he's gonna be like, yeah. 
Yeah. Because then you're it becomes the almost stress around exactly. It. Yeah. And it kind of um, plays into Wu's strength of curiosity uh-huh. mm-hmm. and treating it almost like a science experiment. Oh, he will love the Wu will love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, really, and then just in everyday like routines, having him be as involved as you can with cooking and food mm-hmm. activities, helping out in the kitchen, um, just keeping food a happy, pleasurable experience. Mm-hmm. Because once you start putting that pressure on, mm-hmm. that's when that like pushback happens and right. then the anxiety comes up and then f- the meal's not fun for anyone anymore. Right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to try that. Um, we've tried to like involve him in cooking a bit and like having him pick recipes and stuff. But I think that there's still weird pressure. And I think if we just focus on taking the pressure out of it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say like we went into, you know, we're very, you know, and like the reason we have the podcast is like we we're very like um, we're trying really hard to like do the the thing that you're mm-hmm. supposed to you know like we're I'm not saying anybody isn't it's just that we like researching we like finding out like the professional opinions on things we like mm-hmm. all that stuff and so we and even so I feel like we have kind of fucked it up here with Wu and just because you it's tough it's tough yeah. and um and I think if Boo were different we would have done the same thing to him it has nothing to do with that but it's like I I just want to say like it's okay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can we can just do better and I'm gonna probably report back about enacting these things and seeing because I feel like most parents like there isn't that there isn't that like I want to try this other thing mm-hmm. and not judge yourself so much as a parent uh-huh. of like oh I yeah. fucked this up it's done now like right. oh great he's I a ruined my kid. he I doesn't know kid. what to do no. yeah you can always start again yeah there's yeah. always a way out and I feel like the judgment and the shame like I you know, I was just hanging out with some friends of ours and they their kids were like the eat anything kids and to some extent boo is that way he'll eat he'll eat he'll at least try things or like he does have like a, a larger group of foods that he eats and um and Wu used to be that way too as a baby. And I mm-hmm. used to be like, he loves everything, blah, 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 and saying all that stuff. And now I'm like, oh, what a fool I was. <laughs> like, why did I even say those things? Like, mm-hmm. that's so what did, taking credit or taking yeah, pride taking in it for, or yeah. shame or feeling shame about it is absurd because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with it's no one's business but Wu's, what mm-hmm. he puts in his body. And I shouldn't be commenting in, on sports casting it like like just shut the fuck up you know like stop talking about it's not like just because your kid likes certain things it can change in an instant mm-hmm. and, and it'll change again then yeah. it'll change again and yeah. it's like and that's what i that was like the hard lesson i had to learn of like oh wow i thought that that like this had to do with me it has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. we I have mean, so little control yeah. over who our children are we just have to witness their development and guide it as best we can but they are who they are. They are who they are. Yeah. And they have been like since birth, which is so crazy. Right. Isn't that weird to think about? Right. And you're like, oh, wow, you came out that way. Uh-huh. Like day one. It's so funny. You can see it. Yeah, you can it's see amazing. it. Like just uh-huh. their behavior even as babies. <laughs> that little video of Lou like dancing in his diaper with his <laughs> belly out like to the monster mash on Halloween when he was like one and a half or something. I was going to say, oh was this God. last week? Right, was, right, right. Exactly. It could have been last week. Right. But I was just thinking another story though from last week. 
you know, we have three, our three oldest are all around the same age. And we had breakdowns on three different areas when mm-hmm. they were all together. Right. Well, except for yours. Oh, yeah. he had his breakdown when he got home. <laughs> you told us he would. <laughs> but one was, mine was on food and yours was on like toys and like. Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I'll give you permission to say. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like they all have their thing. And yeah. that's, there's a, there's a bit of peace to that to just know that every kid is going to struggle with something at some time and every right. parent is going to struggle with something mm-hmm. at some time. It just is. It just is. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about, I was like, maybe I should cook something that I specifically don't like mm. and try it and be like, oh, I don't like that. I'm, I don't I don't really want to eat it or something like that. Because when you think about it, there you is always... something to that modeling yeah. mistakes. Mo- or yeah. modeling We're not perfect because we don't eat everything either. Your, yeah. your own experiences yeah. with food. Mm-hmm. And I get into, well, because I'm allergic to peanuts. Um, I'm so, it, so so sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just eternally sad for you. <laughs> but explaining that and why I can't eat a certain food around any of my feeding clients or right. around Moo, Mini Moo, when she gets old enough to realize um, that her, that her there's mother a difference. is differently abled with food. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference. And then that also that every body likes different things and that's right. okay yeah i have this similar and also, thing don't yuck my yum yeah if don't. i'm eating something that you're not crazy about that's a big thing mm-hmm. that's fine by yeah me. keeping those things don't yuck my yum. in our heads if it's about what somebody else is eating yeah i just just thinking like keeping it in your head just hold on like one more second and they might actually try it mm-hmm. it's just like the the least you can calm on it comment on it the better yeah like if my mom wanted me to empty the dishwasher or she had told me to two hours ago as a kid, right. I was about to go empty the dishwasher, <laughs> but then she mentioned it again. And then I was like, well, forget that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to do it yourself. Like, I was going to, but me since to. you told me to, right. I'm not going to anymore. You can't and tell I, me what to do. Right? <laughs> and that is Lou. Like, he gets that for me. Yeah. And so I have to bite my tongue all the time where I'm like, all right. That like it's like the last food on his plate is like the non-preferred one that I'm hoping he'll try, and right. I'm just like, just take a bite, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And often, we're trying to be better about eating together, mm-hmm. you know, so we can model all of this for each other. But often, I'll say, do you mind if I excuse myself? I you know have to go take care of something. Okay, and if I just like walk away and then peek back over my shoulder, that's when he takes the bite. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. you see, the the longer you can hold out for, the less you can make it a big deal. Yeah, that because even your presence is, yeah. at the table mm-hmm. can feel like pressure. Because I've I'm done eating, so I'm just yeah. sitting there staring at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so that kind of walking away, like letting it be like a little bit of a distracted thing, which I know distracted eating is not good. Yeah, but for him, sometimes having something else going on mm-hmm. or just like. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it like kind of brings down that anxiety or that like struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at struggle. it more as like a regulation tool, yeah. it can be okay. Yeah. Um, shaping the distraction into more like a mealtime conversation mm-hmm. would probably mm-hmm. be the the goal, the end goal of having like a nice social meal. Yeah. Right. Because that's where what... we're not just talking about the food we're not eating. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> talking about your day. Um but going back to Wu mm-hmm. and not wanting that thing on his plate mm. and I'm not going to try it. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like reestablishing it. what you're going to do with that food by, and not 
putting pressure on him taking a bite. Right. Um, you can start doing and commenting on that food on your own plate. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I cut into it. It was kind of, it's kind of mushy. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if you mushed that with your fork. Right, right. Um, kind of just start kind of introducing those ideas. Right. Other ways to interact with that food. I love it. Right. Go that, through the senses, everything besides taste. Exactly. I love this so mm-hmm. much. It's so practical. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, especially with the five, six-year-old age, mm-hmm. they're like little kids now. They're not, they're not like preschoolers. Mm-hmm. They're not. So I feel like sometimes I, I talk to him like he's an adult and it, he's just not, you know, but like going back to those things where like, um, that those kind of like curiosity things are like, I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like remembering that those tools will probably keep serving us until they're teenagers mm-hmm. really, or maybe even beyond, you know, that it's tricky because they're just so grown up, but they're not, yeah, they're, little, they're, not. they're so little still. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about with, um, around picky eating that you think we have not touched on? that you think might be helpful for people who might be struggling with this. Just kind of just to recap, take the pressure off. Yeah. Build curiosity around food, reestablish a relationship around food that's not necessarily about what it can offer you, but more like just um, being comfortable around different foods. Mm -hmm. And the routine. And the routine. Yeah. what else are we talk about? <laughs> no, this is good. The routine. Yeah, and trying to get on the same page. Yeah. Getting on the same page with your partner. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy stuff. Easy stuff. <laughs> check, check, check. Right? That's done and done. <laughs> and just to know that even people who know a lot about children and a lot about even feeding, mm-hmm. we are right there with you. Yeah. yeah. There is no magic answer that's going to work for every kid. Yeah. It's crazy. It's Even a- these so-called experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you peek into their lives, it's probably Pointing like... Pointing to myself, yeah. yelling at my children. I know better. What is it? When know you- better, do better. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, right? It's, that's the quote. You yeah. do the best you can until you know better, and mm-hmm. then you do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes just those emotions are really hard to check in yourself as a parent yeah Yeah. and that's where you have to lean on your partner and I'm thinking like one thing we didn't say is like when you do have those conversations it's cheesy but like what can I say next time this happens that will help you take a step back without setting you off further right you know like what is that key word what is Mm. that phrase that what what could I say that would be helpful to you? Right. right? You know that I'm not attacking you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, Let like, them come up with the words that make sense to them because it's going to be different, right? For yeah. one person, it's going to be like, okay, my turn. And you're like, yes. ew, condescending. Like, <laughs> right. um, but they might just need you to be like, um, I got this, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Versus go take a break, you know? Yeah. like. <laughs> Step aside. Uh-huh. Let make mommy w- fix it. Make way for I'll the professional. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here and talking to me. I can't I wait for Josh time. to hear this and our listeners to hear this. And uh I just love you guys so much. Maybe you can come back on the show about Please. Other stuff. Sure. I would love to. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. Back to the show, I guess.
Uh, thank you so much, Jess and Jess, for coming on the show. I know I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. Oh, it was a delight. It was a delight. I hope that they have their own professional podcast soon because I could listen to their advice and Don't expertise. Don't listen to her. You can come on here anytime you want. Uh, yeah, that's true. We'll have we'll we'll, we'll just amass our experts and that's not, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then after that interview, Jess Hall um, texted me another thing that she forgot to say, which is another strategy um, to try, which is saying something like. Like, I wonder how this would taste with a dip or a topping or and then model it for them by doing it yourself um, just to, like, keep that vibe of curiosity up. Um, and if you didn't if you didn't like it, just be honest, which I think that is I think that's a big thing of just like trying things in front of them and not mm-hmm. liking it, which we don't do a lot. We yeah. don't. Yeah. We do try. I, I like those. I like those tips. I'm glad to hear her say that because I feel like. I try to do that with woo the like, oh, have you tried like eating those? I really like to eat those together, you know, mm-hmm. like dip the right. thing into this. Right. But he rarely takes advantage of that, if ever. And so I'm glad to hear I'm not like wasting my yeah. time. And I did try to tell him, for instance, like he loves seaweed. I tried to say like, you know what? I actually don't. I'm really glad you like seaweed, but it's actually a thing that I don't like when it's plain, but I like it with other things because I'm trying mm. to get him to try it, that like I like to combine foods and like tell him that. But yeah, thank you for supporting me. Uh, very cool. Oh, um, Jess Goslin actually texted me oh. something else to really? add on. Really? Yep. She said, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeady. We're on Instagram at mummyxdeadypod. You can visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeady.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is the beautiful child with the pale pink cap. And the birthday girl. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. This uh, episode will be released on your birthday. We love you. I'm glad you are here with us. Always. Mm, In spirit. (laughs) Goodbye. And you and your brother take up your shovels? Dig a hole for mommy too?